call for all of us to recognise and acknowledge the fact of occupation, to rethink the received colonial settler narrative. Welcome to Deadly Justice with Tallulah, your local Aboriginal justice show. Good evening and welcome to Deadly Justice for this fortnight. Uh, today we are joined by Margie Birch, who is a long-time friend of mine. Um, we spent uh, much of our childhood and teenagerhood together. We went to boarding school together. Uh, Margie is a local Kimberley girl living in Perth um, and is originally from Kununurra, um, but spent most of her time in between Kununurra and Perth. Uh, she is currently working um, in mining, in the mining industry and doing some really awesome stuff there. So tell us a little bit about you, Maggie. Hi. Um, so yeah, basically you've summed that up in a nutshell. But um, yes, I'm Maggie Birch from Kununurra. I grew up in the Kimberley region um, and attended boarding school in our uh, year eight. So I flew down to Perth, which was really good. And I graduated in 2015, um, and after graduating school, I decided that I would not be returning home, and I decided to stay in Perth, where I started my life, basically, after school. Yeah, I am a Gajarong and Bunaba woman from the Kimberley region. Uh, my grandmother's from Kununurra, who's Gajarong, and my grandfather is a Bunaba man from Fitzroy Crossing. So you've you've made the decision to stay in Perth. That can't be easy considering, um, you know, your family and your language and your culture is based in the Kimberley. That, that can't have been an easy um, decision to have made. And I understand, um, you know, because we've spent a lot of time together, I understand um, this might be due to some of the obstacles you've had to face. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Um, yeah, so the... The real reason I ended up staying in Perth is because in our second year of boarding school, um, we lost our grandmother. So um, for me, I just wasn't ready to go home yet. After the funeral, I just couldn't take myself to go back and see family or anything like that. It was just too hard for me to do that. So I decided um, that I would just stay in Perth and try to make something of myself because the main thing I remember growing up was Nan saying, make sure you graduate, you need to make sure you stay down there and make something of yourself and that sort of always stayed in the back of my mind and, yeah, I just wasn't ready to bring myself home after school and I thought that was the best thing for me at the time but, you know, that also came with its struggles. I thought I was ready to stay down here all by myself and um, I struggled at uni, not academically, but just not having the support of family and friends around me because, obviously... All of my friends and family returned home. Um, so uni was a bit of a struggle, but I decided to drop out of uni and then I got into working and stuff like that. So that was the main reason for me not returning back home. Yeah, your your grandmother was a big part of your life. I remember uh, when we were little, you know, she, she was the one who, who raised you and your twin sister. Um, so it, it, I remember it had a very profound effect on you and um, and your your sister at the time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, just not my sister and I. It was the whole family. You know how it is. And up north, you know, when we lose our elders, things start to fall apart, and things just aren't the same as they used to be. And I suppose, you know, being very young, 
Um, I didn't understand a lot of things, but um, growing up now, I'm, I wouldn't change it for the world. I'm glad that I was raised by my grandmother and, you know, she's taught me a lot and she was a strong woman, so I'm glad that she was the one that stayed in my mind when it came to the really hard times in my life, so she was someone who really continued to push me through even after she wasn't here, so that was really good. Yeah, it's not an easy thing um, to, to have to go through that and also to feel like you've got to go through that alone. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, you, your nan would be extremely proud of it, how far you've kind of come and, and even, you know, doing things that you love and also going in on a path that you thought might have been the path for you and then realising that that's not quite what you want to do. So after you graduated, you said you started uni um, and then you dropped out and then where did you go from there and what was kind of your thinking about how you wanted to basically end up where you ended up, I guess? So I've always wanted to do something based around childhood or early learning and stuff like that. So that's what I was doing at uni. Um, so that didn't go to plan. So plan B was I started swim teaching, which I really loved. Like swim teaching, I think to this day, has been one of the best jobs I've had just because it was with... Uh, you know, school-aged children. So that lasted for the summer. And then after swim teaching, I got a traineeship as a like a business administrator uh, in one of the Perth offices, and that was really good. Um, and after I finished my traineeship, I was offered a position as a project officer, which was cool, you know, different role, I suppose, moving away now from childhood. But realistically, at the time, it was what was um, something that I wanted to do just to start building my resume up because I didn't have any qualifications or anything to go into schooling. So I really enjoyed that and I've I've always been a hands-on learner, so, you know, on-the-job training and stuff like that, even though I am good with books and that, but I just prefer to learn on the job. Um, And then one day I was sitting at work and then I wasn't even looking to get on the mines I was that wasn't even a thought of mine and one of my mates came down and said oh here's a position um as a trainee dump truck operator how about you apply for it and I was just thinking to myself like I'm not really interested in getting into mining it seems very scary but I'll give it a go so I put my hand up they were after five indigenous female trainees and I applied for it and then the next thing you know I was on a plane up to a nickel mine site in the goldfield. How amazing. And like what a lesson that is about taking opportunities as they arise, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I'm always open to anything. I've learned to, like over the years, I've definitely learned to take things by, you know, with both hands and just run with it because, you know, we've been presented with a lot of things that I have turned down over the years. But definitely I thought this is something out of my comfort zone. It's something different that I haven't tried before. So I thought, why not perfect opportunity and so yeah I I ended up going on as a trainee truck driver. That's so amazing and um, you know as you said scary like I think about mining I've got family and stuff and and also like friends that go into mining and I'm like oh that is scary Um, and I remember video calling you a couple of weeks ago and um, that was a night that it was particularly what busy maybe? (laughs) Um, yeah, so my, like I remember my very first flight um, to site. I was so nervous and I was sitting on the plane and I was just thinking, oh no, what have I gotten myself into? Like, why don't I have a uniform yet? I just completely didn't understand anything 
that like any of the requirements or anything like that. So I felt, why am I the only girl on the plane? So that was a bit daunting. And then once I actually got to site, it was coming on to sunset and I didn't know my way around camp and I didn't know where my room was. So then I just basically set out the end of my bed and I put my like face in my... And I was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? I should have just stayed in Perth. But, you know, after a few weeks... um thinking, oh, wow, the machines are so big, the novelty wore off, and it was something that I ended up really enjoying doing by the end of it. That is such an amazing kind of story and accomplishment. I really, like, love that, you know, you're feeling scared, but you didn't jump on a plane and go home. Do you know what I mean? You actually said, okay, I'm feeling nervous, but I'm going to follow through. And then where are you now? You know, you've done how many years? So I've done three years in mining. So basically, yeah, I started as a trainee truck operator, and then... Over the years, I ended up uh, on the small loader, and that was just sort of doing spillage and stuff around the pit, got on the water cart, the rock baker, and then towards the end, I was um, on the production loader, so they're the ones that load the actual truck, and I also got to experience a bit in the dispatch office, so that's the more operational side where they run the pit, and that was based on site as well, so over the years, I had a little bit of uh, experience in a little bit of everything which I really enjoyed and the benefit was I got to work with my sister so that was also really good as well. That's that's pretty cool. That would make my time easier if I was working with my sister and you and your sister are really close so I guess it you know can make time a little bit shorter. Yeah you know it is hard working two and one and, and um, it was hard for a while because I was the only female on my crew for a little while and then we had females come and go and I'm sure you've heard you know the stigma around mining I struggled with that a bit you know being the only female but I was able to do like a few programs that helped me work on my confidence and how to deal with certain certain situations on site which really helped me to get through because there were a few points where it was really challenging and um the courses that I did really helped me to get through that. And and the other thing is actually I had a really good supervisor who was from the Kimberley. So he actually is from Kununurra and Windermore has ties to there. And that made my time towards the end like really good on the mine site because he also had the understanding of home and connections and stuff like that. So it made it really easy to have someone who had that understanding on our crew with us. So... I really appreciated him and everything that he'd done for me and Thelma. So. That's kind of a story about how, um, you know, having that one person who's familiar in your life be there to support you and, and especially in a time where, you know, you're kind of having to be an adult without your nan and without the family or friend support. Um, and also, like, fresh out of boarding school, <laughs> when you kind of leave boarding school, um, you know, you, you, your life's kind of like, well, okay, there's so many options you don't know where to go from here you know yeah so obviously it's hard trying to pick a career and you know a lot of people do have it figured out and a lot of people just don't have it figured out but I'm a hands-on learner so if anyone's ever looking to get onto the mines or anything in that area I just say do it because honestly it seems so daunting but it is really rewarding and you know it is hard at times but you, you do get really good connections with people out there and you know at the end of the day they do become your family away from family I suppose because you spend most of your time with them but 
it's just definitely a career I didn't think I would end up in, but I've ended up loving, so it's good. Tell us a little bit about some other things that you're passionate about. So you said earlier that you were passionate about um, early childhood and, and, you know, being around kids and helping kids. Um, Does this kind of stem into maybe some more passions of yours? I think first and foremost, that will always be my passion just because growing up in the Kimberleys and, you know, you know how it is growing up away from home and in boarding school, that was something that I think I will always be passionate about or use. And if I have the opportunity, absolutely, I just I would love to go back to uni and continue that. From where I am in life now, it's definitely helping uh, young women in the mining industry through the course I did. That was one of my focuses. When I went in, my goal was to be able to build my confidence and be able to speak up for myself so that I could help other young women coming through because I understand how hard it was and I remember being so scared. So that's something that I recently love to do at work, especially when I was on site. And, you know, you just see a lot of young girls come through who do really struggle with that. So through the course, I like decided to work on myself. So when they did come through, I was able to be someone that I'd be able to help them. So that's something that I worked on at work to be able to help others with, I suppose. Yeah, and it sounds like, so your passion um, kind of lies in empowering people and not just empowering people, but empowering women and empowering young people to do, like, amazing things and to go above and beyond and to put themselves out of their comfort zone, you know? Absolutely, and you, I'm sure you'd be able to agree to all the, like, being at school, I was quite shy and I'd stick to myself and that was something I realised was something that was sort of holding me back and I didn't like it anymore. So by doing the courses that I did at um, work, it helped me to realise what I can actually do to help other ladies at work. And I think it, it, I think it worked as well, you know, and it just made me feel better at work to be able to help, especially like, you know, Thelma coming through. She'd, yeah, she's been on a mine site before, but not in the way that I was working with the machines and the crews and whatnot. So even to be able to help her and guide her through, that was something beneficial and I felt proud of, you know, being able to make her feel comfortable in in the position that she was in sort of thing because it's hard to take direction, I suppose, from younger females because that was her role was to sort of give um, direction. And I think many people might have struggled with that, taking advice and whatnot from a younger female I suppose but I think she did really well and I'm glad we were able to work together to help each other. Yeah I think that's about resilience as well and and a young female but also an Aboriginal woman like that makes it like triple triple hard you know like yeah but such amazing stories I think and I think yeah like you said the mining industry is so you know male dominated and not an easy place um for women to kind of um what's the word like stand their ground or um be like a in a position of authority I guess um it can be quite difficult and also you know back to our like boarding school experience I know that at times you and I both struggled with not feeling like we were valued and maybe um like struggling to feel like we could express who we really were I think that um, boarding school kind of as much as I appreciate the opportunity to kind of I don't know like 
develop my academic side and receive an education that I wouldn't have otherwise. There were other things that I had to put on hold and were at cost. Um, and that certainly was like finding my identity and what I wanted to become and the career path that I wanted to follow. Yeah. I think, yeah, I agree. Like boarding school was really good in some aspects, but then, you know, there were real struggles that we all had to go through. You know, there were plenty of us girls there, but then I suppose that's one of the good things as well. We did all have each other and, you know, just that understanding of, you know, being home from the Kimberleys and stuff like that. But I think, you know, even Miss Rankin, she was really good at school. She was someone who had a good impact on my life and helped me get through things because she was there and understood family side of things after we lost none and stuff. So it is hard, but, I, you know, I think boarding school was still good, but, yeah, it did, did have its um, ups and downs, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, Miss, having Miss Rankin, who was our Indigenous coordinator at school, was like it made a huge difference for me as well. I think having somebody in Perth who genuinely wanted us to succeed and wanted to spend the extra time in like helping us to do things, like even having snacks in her office when we when we needed them, you know. Yeah, the noodles. Yeah, so yeah, I think I think she was awesome. Like she helped all of us girls, and you know she really tried to understand, even though she, you know, sometimes maybe didn't understand. She would actually put in the effort and. That made me really comfortable at school to know that, you know, there was someone there actually trying to help us. But, yeah, I, I really appreciate her for everything she's done for us, I suppose. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think um, maybe that's like a message about having just one person in your life make that difference for you, you know? Yeah, and, um, and you know, like, it was so hard growing up. You know how you'd, well, me particularly, I'd always, oh, no, that's too shame. No, I don't want to ask for help. No, 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 I don't want to do that. But now that I look back, it's just like, why Why is it so hard to do that? You know, and I understand people in, in maybe positions today, they really do struggle to find their voice and ask for help. But I think it's really good to be able to, you know, find people who genuinely care and actually put your hand up and say, hey, I actually do need help. And you'd be amazed by how much people actually put in effort to help you and want to see you succeed and are really there to support you. So... I think that's good and people need to really, you know, not be shame anymore and ask for help when it's there and take opportunities when they can, I suppose. Do you know what? That's so magic. One thing um, I've come to realise uh, as well is like I know in high school I used to be a real know-it-all, but these days I kind of figure that you build better relationships with people when you actually ask them for their expertise. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah. If you're, like I'll go up to someone and even though if I know the answer or I have a vague idea of what the answer might be, I'll still go and ask them for help because it makes them feel important as well to tell me. Yeah, no, and it's good. Like It just makes you have genuine conversations with people instead of coming over and then acting like you know everything and then making them feel bad and stuff like that. So, you know, I think it's, um, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think we can agree on our experiences at boarding school, even though it was like did really fabulous things for us um, in terms of, you know, helping us kind of be on a path where we are now. It did certainly um, have like its costs, maybe in some other aspects. Um, that, oh, being, yeah. that being said, what what are the what are your plans for the future? Um, so yeah, so obviously after I've, I no longer work on site, so I'm not doing Spice, I'm based in Perth now, so uh, my current role is a pit controller and um, I remotely dispatch, I suppose, or pit control 
the site here based in Perth, which is a new something new for me, but I'm enjoying at the moment. And early next year, my partner and I expecting to start a little family. So that's sort of where I'm at at the moment, and just waiting for Bubs to come along and just working in Perth at the moment. Oh my gosh, how exciting your um, baby announcement's going to be over all over the radio. <laughs> Well, it's already, everyone already knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's really exciting that you're going to have a baby and especially, you know, you've always had a passion for children and I think that, like, um, uh, like well, certainly one thing for me is that I've always felt like if I couldn't achieve anything in my life, I'd at least the one thing I want to do is be a mum. So, um, and I think it's so magic. So I am so excited for you and I think it's the most deserving thing for you and your, your partner. I know, I'm so excited and you know how, you know, grow up family's the main thing. We I have one of I'm one of five, so you know, I think it's a beautiful thing and I've got plenty of nieces and nephews, so and my partner and I have been together for seven years this year, so it's sort of perfect timing I think. Why we're going back to um your uni because uh, recently I've decided well not recently I guess a couple of years ago I decided that I wanted to drop out of uni not because I didn't want to study law I'm passionate about law but like the uni environment wasn't for me do you you know what like you know what I mean like that is exactly why I dropped out it's not because of the academic side but you know, I was at a uni that I feel like I didn't fit into. I feel like there was no support whatsoever. And, um, you know, I really struggled to connect with people. No one really had an understanding of my background and I didn't really understand theirs. So I just really struggled fitting in, to be honest, and finding people that would support me and I could support them sort of thing. So that was one of the main reasons why I dropped out. And... You know, being so young and fresh out of boarding school, I thought this is really what I want to do. But then I got in there and started, like, I realised I should have gone home and surrounded myself with family. And, you know, I think at the time I was still dealing with uh, losing them and I just wanted to take everything on board and have the whole world on my shoulders. So I thought I was doing the right thing at the time. But as everything planned out, it just didn't work out that way. So... It's just a combination of things, I suppose, at the end of the day. It's just harder to, to make decisions, I suppose. And um, But I'm glad everything's turned out the way it has, but eventually one day I do plan on going back to uni. It's just a matter of when, I suppose. Yeah, I think, I think I'm... I think I'm very much the same in the sense that like I'm certain I'm passionate about what I wanted to do and but the uni environment was something that I couldn't like I don't know relate to and I think uh-huh. that for you and me and um, Thelma as well I think there was a lot of pressure on well, all of us actually all of us Blackwater girls there was a lot of pressure on us to do well um, academically because you know, there was this kind of like, I don't know, perception that we were like leading the way or paving the path and all this stuff. And I think it was a lot of unnecessary pressure. And I talk about it a lot on the show because I think it did more damage than it did good for me. Not that it was anybody else, nobody's fault, but I thought that I had to live a certain way and be a certain person um, to be like good enough for people. And when I didn't like it or didn't enjoy it or didn't feel right about it, I felt like I was disappointing a whole lot of people, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Like I've had that feeling multiple times. I've always thought, oh no, I'm letting 
you know, X amount of people down and, you know, it's not good enough, I should try harder. So I think that's why, you know, at the end of, um, towards the end of boarding school, I really try to knuckle down and, you know, get really good results, which I did and it paid off. But, um, yeah, unnecessary pressure, 100% agree with that. And, um, you know, you know, we were only young and, um, you know, fresh out of school and there was just so much unrealistic expectations for us to meet. And, you know, it's, it's hard being living away from home, even we, even though we've done it for so many years, but it's hard adjusting as well outside of school and then, you know, transforming to the adulthood sort of life. And, yeah, it just wasn't for me and it wasn't the right time, I suppose. Do you know, I think in the last, like, 12 months maybe I've kind of been more, or maybe two years, I've kind of been more, like, um, what's the word, like, interested in media stuff and I, I never would have thought that that would be something that I was interested in um, and I think people pushed me to go down this legal or, like, study law kind of um, road and I wish that I'd been, like, encouraged to express or, like, follow other paths and stuff that I was interested in or, like, that I might be interested in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, instead of just being, like, you know, straight down the line and stick to one thing sort of thing, you know, you can't change career paths. But I think, like, Tula, you do really well in whatever you do. So, it's like, I can imagine how hard it would be for you to have such high expectations to get into law and to uni and all of this stuff. But I think you do awesome no matter what job you're in. You know, you kill everything you do. So I think you're doing great. Oh, that's really sweet. And as do you. I mean, and I'm thinking about the journey that you've been on. So, you know, doing amazing stuff in school, high school, going to early childhood, deciding that that wasn't necessarily the path you want to go down. And you know what? It's actually really magic to hear that your favourite job has been the swim teaching. (laughs) I know, and it's weird, but it's something that I just really enjoyed, you know, like getting to see the kids and, you know, all ages from little bubbers right up to level 12 swimmers. So it's just something that I didn't intend on doing, but I ended up enjoying a sort of like a spontaneous job that I got into. But it's something that that I really, yeah, really did enjoy. And, I, and I've loved all the jobs I've had, obviously, like I've gained different experience and different friends and and whatnot from all my jobs that I've had but I think swim teaching was the most enjoyable just particularly because it ties back into you know childcare and stuff like that so yeah. I do think I do agree with you when you say that you're a practical learner I think that you know you do well regardless of whether it's books or practical but I think that you enjoy seeing tangible results do you know what I mean? Yeah yeah 100% rather than like writing an essay and then you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I don't know how far that's going to go or whether it actually makes a difference to people's lives. You having a tangible effect on people's lives and um, they're succeeding, I think, is something that really makes you feel good about yourself. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I agree with that. Do you think you'll um, come back to the Kimberley at some point? Yeah, that's honestly my goal. So my goal was basically to become a primary school teacher and work back in the Kimberleys, but... Obviously, things change, life happens, you know, so um, at this moment, obviously not because my life's based in Perth, but, you know, eventually I would love to um, head back home to Kununara and, you know, be with family again and just grow up, grow my children up in the Kimberleys because I had a the best childhood up there, you know, I wouldn't change it for the world. I had, you know, so many great memories growing up at Bush and just with my cousins and family always fishing and swimming and stuff like that so you know you can't get that down here it's 
Perth is completely different and I recently just went home and every time I go home it's the best feeling in the world being back in the Kimberley surrounded by, you know, your loved ones. So 100% I'd love to move back home. It's just a matter of when, I suppose. Yeah, no, I can I can completely understand that. And I think, uh, like, that feeling when you do come home, like, every time I go back to my community and I, like, I forget it while I'm away. I forget I'm, like, in broom and life gets, like, in the way and I'm, like, oh, i got to do what i got to do. I have to go to work and I can't do this and i got to do this and whatever. And then yeah. when I finally do go out to my community, it's, like, <sighs> like <laughs> I can breathe now. I have a fresh breath out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's certainly like a different type of feeling. It's weird to describe, but um, it definitely makes a difference. And I think um, you know, whatever path you're like going on is the path that essentially will lead you going back home anyway. Because I think that's what happens for Aboriginal people. They feel at some point in their life a calling to go home, and then they're like, they know that it's the right time to be home. Yeah, absolutely. All of my family who have moved away, they've lived you know, across the countryside, down in Perth and wherever, they've always ended up back home for long periods of time and they say there's no place like home and it's true, you know, you can't beat the feeling when you get back into that Kimberley heat, but, you know, it's the best. I love it. Yeah, I agree. Your your goal to be a primary school teacher in the Kimberley would just be so phenomenal and I think that it would just change so many people's lives. But, you know, as you said, life life goes on whatever weird, wacky directions it does and, and um, you know, I'm not where at all where I would have thought I would be six years ago. When did we graduate? Six uh, years ago. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Holy, yes. But yeah, like, I think... I think it's important to remember, you know, like it's not, you don't always have to have a plan in place. I still, I'm a heavy believer and everything happens for a reason, you know, so, you know, when it, when the time comes and when I do need to be home, that that will happen when it happens. But um, I think, you know, right now, life's based in Perth, but I'll always have home back in, have home in the back of my head and family and stuff like that. So it's something you can never forget. Yeah, that's really magic. Um, following this, because I feel like it's a good segue, segue um, what are some good, I mean, yeah, some good words of advice, I guess, for people who are listening, who have experienced uh, maybe the same things that you've experienced or even are from Kununurra or where you grew up? Um, what are some, like, words of wisdom you'd give those people? Um, definitely from everything that I've experienced and... Um yeah, just over time is definitely be, you know, don't be afraid to speak up. It's important to, you know, build connections with those around you because you'd be surprised at how helpful that can be and beneficial to your life. So, you know, stop being shame and actually ask for help when you need it. And, you know, always take every opportunity you can. I've been presented with a lot and some I wish I didn't turn down, but, you know, the opportunities that I have taken have gotten me to where I am today and I... I'm really grateful for that, but, you know, you have to put in the effort to be able to do that as well and, you know, just seek seek help. You know, like, I don't, I just don't want our people to be shame and sit down quiet when there are people out there who are generally wanting to help. So uh, that's the biggest thing for me, you know, so. I think that's amazing words of advice and I think um, you and Thelma and um, the rest of your family show um, just... A- amazing resilience and I think like I remember when especially when your nan passed away in boarding school how hard that hit both you and Thelma and your older sister and I think that 
you know, your for you guys to be able to like then go and become, you know, do the things that you're doing, um, and kind of, I guess, I don't, I don't want to say make a life out of yourself, but do what makes you happy and be safe and happy and stable and considerate and caring and gentle people in amongst all of that. I think is just amazing resilience to kind of witness from from you guys. Yeah, and I think um, with that happening, you know, it definitely has brought us together. You know, we've always been a close-knit, tight family, but um, I suppose, you know, after you lose someone who has such an, like, a significant impact on your life, it definitely brought us sisters and especially our brother as well closer together. And, you know, we're really supportive of each other and we help each other out whenever we can and we're always lifting each other up. And, you know, I'm proud of all my sisters and brother of how far we've come and, you know, life challenging and I understand that everyone has ups and downs and you know we all go through different things we've all got our own different stories but um you know just remember to stick with your family as well and family is very important especially in hard times like that and I'm glad we get to all experience life together and support each other when we need to you know so yeah the importance of family is another one there and also making decisions about like you know, when you're kind of faced with a crossroads, I think this is, when I think of you and Thelma, I think of this mostly, like when you guys were faced with something that could have really, what is it, like make or break you, could have made, made yeah, or, yeah. or broke you, I guess. Um, and you guys chose to, to turn that around into something really positive. And I think um, that's a skill that lots of people um, maybe lack or, or need some more help in developing, especially up here in the Kimberley. And, and you know, it's not necessarily people's fault. Um, it's just, you know, maybe taking things on um, and using it in a way to be positive rather than destructive. Um, and I think it's, yeah, it's absolute magic to watch you and Thelma kind of yeah. do those things. Um, yeah. And I'm glad that we do have each other because I know a lot of people struggle when, you know, it just feels like it's them alone in the world. So I'm glad she has me and I have her for when things get really bad and, you know, we have the rest of our siblings to help each other out. So, And I understand, you know, people do struggle because they don't have that kind of connection or they might or whatever the case may be. But I'm just glad we have our bond the way we do. Yeah, absolutely. And you've certainly shared that with many more people other than just your immediate family, me included, you know. So, um, yeah. I have one last question to ask you. Yeah. And that is if you could recommend a song for the show, pretty please, and we'll play the song at the end of this show. A song? Yeah, something like, um, I don't know, something uplifting or maybe something that goes with the theme of something that we've talked about today or, or even your favourite song at the moment. Uh, can we please play Alan Jackson, Gone Country? Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Okay, you want to yeah, play Alan Jackson? I'm literally a country singer. <laughs> some, some country on our show today. All right, we're going to play Alan Jackson, Gone Country. Thank you so much for joining us and it's been such a magic conversation and exactly how I expected it to go because you're amazing and and you know I'm very proud of you and how far you've come so thank you so much for joining um, us on this episode thank you for having me and I've enjoyed the conversation <laughs> no worries so that was Margie Birch on this episode of Deadly Justice we'll catch you next time Been playing in a room 
on the strip for ten years in Vegas. Every night she looks in the mirror and she only ages. She's been reading about Nashville and all the records that everybody's buying. Says I'm a simple girl myself. Up on Long Island So she packs her bags To try her hand Says this might be My last chance She's gone country Look at them boots She's gone country Back to her roots She's gone country A new kind of suit She's gone country Here she comes Seems dead, but he's holding out in the village. He's been writing songs, speaking out against wealth and privilege. He says, I don't believe in money, but a man could make him a killing. Cause some of that stuff don't sound much different than Dylan. Here down there, it's changed, you see They're not as backward as they used to be He's gone country, look at them boots He's gone country, back to his roots He's gone country, a new kind of suit He's gone country, yeah he comes Yeah. 